0: Welcome to the Weekly Squeak, your Weekly Geeky Squeak, with me as always, Christian Scheller. Hope everybody is well. We're into week something or other of 2021. It's already been quite an interesting year, and actually an interesting week in technology too. I will not be covering CES this episode, um, mostly because I am ignoring it as always. Um, and actually last year was the one year... I was going to go and then didn't. I wish kind of wish I had now. And this year is the one year I could actually afford to go because I can attend it in my living room. But the time zones don't work and it's hard to keep up to date with everything. So I may do a summary next week. But uh, for this episode, I will mostly just do my usual roundup of links and then an interview. And in my interview this week, I'm actually revisiting a, a subject that I covered a few years back now. Uh, and that is tech, startups, entrepreneurship in Ukraine, specifically in Lviv, on the west of Ukraine. And my interview this week is with uh, Stefan Veselovsky of the, um, to get this right, the Lviv IT cluster. And we get some updates from what they've been up to in the past few years, their recent, well, recent-ish recent conference last year that I have been to twice before. But of course, like everything else, happened online last year their choice of guests, and much more. But first, as always, my links for the week. First, um, something that came up in a few places but really annoyed me how it was covered. Um, First, this is from Catalin Kimpanu on ZDNet, but there's also, I have an article here from... Well, Nicole... Perloff, David E. Sanger, and Julian E. Barnes on New York Times, talking about JetBrains, or specifically how JetBrains Team City was potentially exploited. Not necessarily. You have to be careful with the wording here. Uh, in the Solar Winds hack, Team City is um, a, a build pipeline tool, a continuous integration tool, a continuous build tool. Um, where lots of people build software, including um, some of the developers behind SolarWinds and thus affecting some of the, their customers. Um, this is where it was interesting because it was widely misreported what Team City actually is. Uh, many tech journalists called it obscure. I mean, I'm sure any of us who are in tech know that JetBrains is quite well known. Of course, it's founded in Russia. It's based in the Czech Republic. Shady Eastern European countries, which just led to all sorts of poor reporting. And also not really understanding what it was. I heard one journalist describe it as a project management tool, which it is not. And I'm not highly sure how a project management tool exploit would lead to software exploits. But there you go. So it was sort of widely uh, poorly reported, JetBrains themselves actually put out quite a good blog post on the subject as well, which you should uh, definitely find and have a look at. Um, but as we all know, um, if we have problems in our software, the problem is in the software, that the build environment is only one part of that. And I guess it's hard to know exactly. Uh, I'm not sure if the JetBrains post explains it in detail. Probably not. Um, quite how the they, that was exploited, and I mean, it could have been Jenkins, it could have been CircleCI, it could have been any other one of these tools. Um, if SolarWinds was the target, I'm sure a hacker would have found a way in. I think, but it was it was interesting. It, it irritated me mostly because yeah, the reporting was so poor, and you realise that a lot of tech journalists don't understand the technical side of things, and that bothered me quite a bit. <laughs> Um, because usually they're dealing with quote-unquote consumer tech or the aspects of developer tech that cross over with consumers. And uh, this was very much one of those cases where a lot of people didn't really understand the concepts they were covering. Um, So yeah, anyway, have a read of those two posts, have a look at the JetBrains blog, and there's some other wider reporting on the whole SolarWinds hack. And make your own minds up. I would love to hear what you think. Uh, go to christinchiller.com and you can find all my contact details there. Leave a comment on the podcast episode, etc, etc. Would love to hear your opinions on that. Next, actually, there's a theme developing here. This is another case of slightly misleading reporting or possibly... It's actually hard to say where this lies. Anyway, let's 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 dig in. Uh, This is, uh, again, widely reported. I've got an article here on Forbes from Zach Doffman and an article here on uh, 9to5Mac from Ben Lovejoy. But the topic is actually, well, Apple have recently um, pushed out these privacy labels to uh, App Store entries that I'm not actually 100% sure if developers have to follow them or if there's some kind of smart detection that populates them automatically. But either way, the big target was really Facebook and showing iOS users, Android users do not really get this benefit, quite what WhatsApp is doing on Facebook is doing with uh, applications and the data on those applications. This coincided with uh, an announcement that WhatsApp would make people s- s- um, accept a new terms and conditions that kind of ties into some other privacy concerns. And if you look on the, I think actually both these posts have it. Uh, Although, no, yes, the 9to5Mac one goes further. It shows um, iMessage, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, and comparing the uh, information each of them collects. But the interesting thing, and and this is partially poor reporting, partially... um, poor information given out by Facebook in the first place. It's caused a flurry of people in many of the groups I'm in as well to all be looking for alternatives to WhatsApp. And granted, you may have reasons for that, but a lot of people have not truly understood what this actually means. And this is not to say that um, I necessarily agree with what WhatsApp is making users go through, but a lot of the information that is uh listed here is actually only to business uh conversations you have so if you use whatsapp to converse with a business and i can frankly say i have never done that (laughs) so so, and for the most part as far as i understand the conversations you have with your groups of friends or uh, individuals doesn't really change that's not to say that they are not um, taking some information and this has never been the actual content of your messages just metadata um yeah and and i think this has been one of those many cases of people saying i want privacy without really understanding what privacy means and um what companies were already doing anyway before they heard of it and that's not me justifying uh the activities of companies but just jumping on a bandwagon isn't necessarily understanding the issue and that's Kind of my main concern here. Um, And I would imagine it's been quite a bad PR and user kind of weeks for WhatsApp and for Facebook. as people jump ship a lot to Telegram and Signal. And Telegram has had its own issues. Signal, not so much. Although I am always concerned with any company that doesn't charge. Because you never really know what might happen in the future. But so far, Signal seems to have mostly been okay. But yeah. Um, Have a read through these, have a read of some of the policies and the announcements that Facebook actually put out as well, and make up your own mind. And again, I would love to hear your thoughts. Next, um, an article here on Vice from Lauren Cowrie Gurley uh, from a couple of weeks back about Google workers launching the first union. Now, it's interesting that... I don't know why I can't seem to scroll this... (laughs) Not sure. We'll just have video people will just have to put up with the same static image because I cannot seem to scroll this for some strange reason. But anyway, uh you can find that article if you want to. Um on motherboard. Oh there you go, now I could scroll. Excellent. So Google for some time has sort of blocked widespread unionizing and workers have been increasingly pushing for it. And um What you may or may not know is that a lot of workers in large tech companies and I had this experience actually working for a large American tech company from Germany once, use what they call contingent workers and they have never been able to really be involved with many privileges and meetings in the company but also are not really able to unionise because they don't really work for the company. They work indirectly for the company which is also kind of strange. And uh, Finally, um, a couple of weeks back, workers announced the establishment of the Alphabet Workers' Union uh, in collaboration with the Communication Workers of America, the CWA. Um, So we'll see where that leads. They haven't really recognised the union yet, but that may or may not matter. It's hard to say, and this is American union laws. And this is actually something I found interesting. I did ask the writer of the article but heard no response Is this global? Um, Google doesn't just have employees in the States. And in fact, in some respects, some of the workers that are potentially most um, vulnerable outside America and and Western countries are around in other countries where workers' rights may be worse, worse than the US. Um, And what happens with them? So it's kind of a a deep issue there, an interesting issue to to ponder, actually. But it's a start. And finally, uh, this is on Hackaday by Jenny List. The Amiga 1000, I think um, 30 years old, (laughs) still receiving new, oh, it's in the headline, receiving new peripherals 35 years later. And someone quite uh, fascinatingly has released an SD card expansion for the Amiga One (laughs) Thousand. And there's been a a growing trend of some of this. uh, People releasing games for old console, um, cartridge-based consoles, um, accessories that give you some sort of access to various peripherals and um, the internet and stuff like that to old computers. It's quite fascinating. I mean, I'm guessing that these are minority uh, interest, minority use, but still quite fascinating to see people trying them and making them and uh, I love that things like this happen. <laughs> and that was my links for the week. Hopefully you enjoyed those. As always, if you have anything you want to add, please head over to christianschiller.com or anywhere you found the show and just leave a comment. And we'd love to have a discussion with you. So now is my interview with Stefan Veselowski of the uh, Lviv IT Cluster. Enjoy. My name is Stepan
1: Vasilovsky and I am CEO of Louis IT Cluster. It's the association of tech companies here in Ukraine, based in Lviv. And I am also Mm -hmm. CEO of uh, IT Arena Conference, one of the biggest tech conferences here in Ukraine and also Mm -hmm. in Eastern Europe.
0: And and I attended IT Arena mm, two and three years ago, I think. Can't quite remember. (laughs) And and covered... um, Uh, the Ukrainian sort of tech scene then. And it was quite interesting, especially the second IT arena Um, in the space of that year it even felt like the local industry had really, really changed and quote unquote grown up quite a lot. Um, I'd say that was at least um, two years ago, maybe. Um. (laughs) So in the past year or two, what do you think? What's changed again? What's it been like the past couple of years in Ukraine for the sort of tech and startup scene? Um, so
1: a- actually, it, it was our seventh uh, I- uh, conferences uh, conference. So we we um, we had before six conferences, and this one was in online. Yeah, so it's it's the biggest change we we, we, yeah. we had this year. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. But again, starting from 2014, <laughs> yeah. so when, when the first uh, conference at Kyivna was held, so uh, we we grew we grew yeah. a lot. So we we add um, more and more participants uh, from all over um, uh, Europe and, and the world every year. Yeah. So last year we had uh, more than four thousand people attending uh, the conference. Yeah, and this wow. year we uh, we we moved to online format. Of course, like everybody is doing, uh, you know, in to, uh, yep. 2020, you know, moving to, to online. Yep. So, uh, and it was really um, interesting case for us because uh, we, we, we are the only one conference in Ukraine, uh, which moved to mm-hmm. online format, like other conference, conferences, tech conferences in Ukraine decided not to. Um, organize their events this year. So uh, for us, uh, it was okay. a, a really big challenge uh, to create, you know, this uh, experience for our attendees like, uh, you know, offline event. I think that, you know, all mm-hmm. event organizers uh, this year in the world faces challenges how to uh, show the yeah. value of uh, offline events um, on online events. Uh, but we succeed. Yeah. Uh, I, I should say we succeed. So we 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 had a lot of uh, participants. Uh, I, also, we had a lot of uh, startups who attended this, this conf- the conference this year. And our startup competition, actually, um, our uh, startup competitions this year uh, grew a lot. So we 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 we, we got you know more uh, more uh, very interesting startups. And uh, I think that the level of the startups also was um, you know much more higher than than other years
0: okay so for, yeah so the the 2020 hasn't necessarily slowed down that that appetite um what do you think has has been the one of the biggest changes in 2020 for ukrainian startups and ignoring some of the obvious that's been the same for everybody, but <laughs> what, what what's some other things that have, have maybe changed for you? Uh,
1: for, um, changes for startups, I guess that um, uh, uh, f- from one side, it looked like, you know, countries close their borders, you know, and, and startups mm. should... And be more focused on a local markets, but from the other side, like the world becomes more open because like everything moved into online. So uh, I think the, the biggest challenge uh, challenge for Ukrainian startups it was to and this now to uh, test their ideas on local market, uh, and then uh, they face you know like the bigger challenge to to move their products to to, to other markets. So uh, in case we have you know like a normal situation in, in, in the world without all these lockdowns and so on so you are more flexible so you can fly to United States and build your business there or uh, but now you should you should do this uh, you know remotely but uh, like everybody knows that if you want to you know build your business on the market you should be you should be on this market. Uh, but um now you know everybody is trying to do this remotely so i from one, from one side it's uh it's easier for start but but from this like second view uh it's it's more harder you know because you are you are close in your country, you can't travel so when you should uh, you know build all networking businesses contracts online so and uh, and i think uh, like people who 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 are working in sales understands me because it's uh, uh, it's more yeah, easier yeah. to sell when when you can you know meet people you can jump into plane for example and 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 fly to 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 a client uh, in this case you 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 should do everything online but again so we we uh, there are a lot of uh, you know um um, opportunities in this case for example the first like the first the winner of uh, the startup competition was uh, is a company uh, which is uh, building like a marketplace for uh, agricultural companies so uh, and uh, like mm-hmm. covid uh, lockdowns like forced uh, all these companies to work uh, online but you know that agriculture industry is more like tradition and yeah. But but they uh, but now they un- understand the value of all these you know IT things more because
0: uh, before that <laughs> yeah. they they,
1: were, they just were using like tools for to make their work more efficient. But they but now they are like moving totally online.
0: Yeah. So actually, companies that helped other companies get online probably did quite well, which I think is what we mostly witnessed. Yeah. Um, agriculture is interesting because a lot of agriculture can't happen online you, you can't grow food online but some of the other aspects can I suppose um, and I mean the, the thing that hit me the, the, the couple of times I visited was just the the appetite to to to, to be involved um, and create things and do things was very very strong um and i, I think it has been for some time but it was uh, accelerating even more um has that continued in the in the past sort of 18 months to 2 years there hasn't really been as far as you're sounding there hasn't really been any reduction in enthusiasm for this kind of lifestyle um
1: uh, so, sorry but could you please repeat, repeat the question because
0: Yeah, yeah, it started started out with an idea and then got a bit vague. Um, So, I mean, one thing I I found, I found it with a lot of um, Eastern European countries, but especially with Ukraine, this kind of um, energy for just trying lots of ideas. And I think some of it comes from why not. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, some of what you said about um, having to work online more. I think actually for a lot of Eastern European countries especially that was what a lot of people were doing anyway. They found better opportunities working for a company from elsewhere mm-hmm. anyway so it wasn't particularly different this year for them probably. Just the sales and, and contracts and things like that. Probably the bigger problem was getting other people to work with them not doing the work <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because they weren't used to it whereas maybe people in Ukraine were more used to it. Um, but um in the past two years or so, I mean, the, this year has been an interesting special case, but in the past two years, has that enthusiasm continued? I know last time I visited, there was a fear that um, some of the visa changes into Europe, you making it easier, mm-hmm. would mean a lot of talent might leave. And thus, just at the perfect time when Ukraine was getting a really good local industry, a lot of the talent would just leave. Um, did that happen or did the local the local scene continue to grow? Um yeah
1: actually uh, the local scene is uh, you know growing very fast and uh, actually we do not feel you know uh, that like local people are you know leaving the country because uh, you know Ukraine uh, started to 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 be more integrated into like I, I don't know Eastern European or European Union life yes yeah? so yep. uh, I think that we have even if you're talking about leave, so we have like positive dynamic of people who are moving yep. into the City, because uh, we, we managed to build, yeah. you know, a very, very attractive city for people who are working in the in, in tech yeah. industry. It's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a lot of people from other cities in Ukraine who are coming to live, you know, for, to, like, to live here and to build career here. Uh, of course, we have some people who, who, who are looking for some opportunities, you know, for, in other countries. It's, it's normal. Yeah. Um, but, uh, again, uh, we, we are here, my organization and, you know, a lot of other organizations. So we are trying to build here, like most comfortable conditions for, for, for people from tech. Uh, and we are trying to attract pe- people from all over Ukraine. And also now we are, we are trying to attract, uh, like next stage on, on our strategy to, to attract people from Eastern European countries because we, 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 we have, a lot of you know uh, values we can offer to them for example uh, we can say that uh, ukraine is very uh, ukraine has very uh, good um, conditions if you're talking about taxes for for people who who work in in it so and uh, in in this mm-hmm. condition we can even compete with eastern european countries uh, to involve people from 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 these countries to uh, to come here because we have they can work here even now remotely. For example, uh, like 2020 yeah. showed that you can live whatever you want, you know, and, and you can work for a company, <laughs> for example, in in Berlin, but you can live in Lviv and and you can spend like less money. You can you can pay less taxes uh, taxes and it's it's and you you can get more value for you. Uh, so for, and I believe yep. that you know after. And, t- after all this you know lockdowns uh, situation will um uh, will will be in, in past you know in 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 few years so uh, um like eastern european countries like ukraine and especially you will benefit a lot um uh, because yeah. people will, will think about their you know uh, way of living and, and and place of living so they will consider uh, like other locations to move and and here we are so we can offer a lot of values for these people
0: yeah and, and to clarify, Ukraine is a big country, but Lviv is less than an hour and a half flight from Berlin and it's quite near to Poland. In fact, I think it used to be part of Poland at, at some point yeah, a yeah. while ago. But, yeah, <laughs> it's, we, we, we hope, uh, but it's very close.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's close and again, yeah. it's, it's benefit because you are, you are one hour flight or one and a half uh, hour flight from Berlin and you are one hour dr- yep. drive, if you're talking about like drive a car, to, to Polish border. Mm-hmm. So and we have like uh, very developed infrastructure. It's, uh, so we can, for example, we can live in Viv and we can like uh, easily communicate and travel to to other uh, European countries in, in in two hours. So you can you can be in Berlin in two hours. Yeah. Yep.
0: And and the one thing I remember, I mean, I, I think this was a little bit with uh, the IT cluster, but also with the the large project in um, Kiev. The uh, tech Tech City is it? Um, I think you both mentioned last time I spoke with you that sometimes, like a lot of the European countries and America as well, will get government um, uh, funding to kickstart some of these programs and things, and it's often a little bit harder in Ukraine. So, mm-hmm. what's what's the funding situation been like there in the past few years? Are you getting more outside investment or are local investors still? filling that gap or has the government changed in in the way they invest how's that been going uh so if you're talking about
1: investment uh in in such like huge project like for example infrastructure i mean like it Mm. bug mentioned it doesn't matter in in which city it is even even just some
0: of the the smaller companies as well i suppose yeah yeah
1: so uh, for example let's start from small companies for uh, and 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 startups so now it's it's not a problem in trying to get investment because we have a lot of uh, so we yeah. have a lot of investment organizations, companies, uh, venture capital firms. We have uh, angel clubs. We even started our own angel club last year. Yeah. So uh, and uh, yeah. Yeah. we have more. You know, uh, for for example, uh, I, I have uh, approximately one uh, meeting per week with uh, investment fund, even now. Of, uh, the companies who are looking uh, for, for some good projects or, or companies to buy, you know, um, but we, if you're talking about like huge infrastructure projects, uh, again, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's more, um, it's not so easy, but, uh, but it's possible um, uh, because uh, you, you should involve more international companies to such projects, you know, to fund such projects. And it, it, it's, you know, it's taking more time than working in, with, with local investors. But again, it's uh, it's possible here, and we are proving this uh, by by our projects. Um, again, COVID situation, lo- lockdowns, uh, you know, f- slowed us a little bit, and now we you know are, yeah. are thinking about some changes into the, into these projects. But but uh, we 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 are not canceling you know our initiatives. Uh, so we, we we started even you know. Uh, creating and initiating new projects. So, but but again, uh, lockdowns just you know uh, fixed a little bit our
0: expectations, of course, and and of course timing. And what sort of markets do Ukrainian uh, startups tend to look at? I, I remember that there's still being a fairly large U.S. and Europe focus, which makes sense. Europe definitely, U.S. to a certain extent. But where Ukraine is, kind of, you almost have. Well, it's not. It's not close, but you're also a little bit further towards Asia mm-hmm. in some respects. Are some of the local companies starting to look further east as well as potent- for potential customers, or do they still mostly look? West and I mean, obviously, the globe is round, so <laughs> but traditionally, when you look at a map, you know, are they still mostly looking west or are some starting to look to the east as well? Uh, yeah, well, so
1: for more like our main markets for, for Ukrainian companies are, of course, Europe and, and 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 United States, Canada, and so on. Why, why Europe? Yeah. Because so we are we are close to Europe, so we are mentally. You know, yeah. we understand like European people, and European people understand us. So it's 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 normal that we are, you know, that our companies uh, companies are focusing on on into this market because they understand this very well. And uh, yeah. why Canada and, for example, United States? It because it's historically because uh, IT industry in Ukraine started um, from outsourcing, uh, like from consulting. And first clients of uh, local companies were clients from, from United States and Canada. And actually, the whole IT industry was built on experience, um, um, uh, which these companies, Ukrainian companies, got from, uh, from United States companies. And that's why we, yeah. we also yeah. understand, like people who are working in tech uh, industry in Ukraine, also understands very well uh, this market. That's why we are more focused on these two markets. And they are huge. So we are more closer to European market and to North American markets than, than for, to, to, to Asia markets.
0: Actually, I remember people saying that to me as well, you know, that uh, Ukraine and sections of Eastern Europe generally had built up a lot of experience outsourcing and were getting bored um so there's a lot of talent and a lot of experience that was ready to be people were ready to do something else with it as opposed to just do work for other people which is <laughs> which is also interesting and, and I, I found the same thing in in belarus as well just uh, a lot of talent that was kind of a bit fed up with just doing other people's work and and let's do some of our own things in fact at a, an event I went to in Belarus, most of the attendees I spoke to were Ukrainians. So, <laughs> so, so, so yeah, getting around. <laughs> um, and let's just talk about IT Arena. I do remember the times I went. It's actually quite large. It might surprise people how large uh, it was. Um, I think you said three or 4,000. It was in an mm-hmm. actual arena. The mm-hmm. name is not just a, a name, it's actually yep. in an actual arena. Um and you had a lot of uh, obviously a lot of kind of uh, local and neighbours speakers and guests but also people from all over Europe and the US too. Um, I think the year I last came, you had uh, one of the keynotes was um uh Alexander Nix from Cambridge Analytica, which was that very interesting year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and this year you. I do believe you had yeah it was it was a str- it was a, a very good talk, but. Um, interesting I won't say it was a positive talk a lot I think a lot of people were just like whoa what is this? <laughs> but um, and then this year I do believe you had uh, Richard Stallman yeah. yeah yeah so it's it's interesting because you're not afraid to have controversial speakers shall we say Richard Stallman has not had the best sort of year either um, is that is that a uh, is that a an intention? Do you kind of like to maybe poke a little bit and say, "Well, we we'll get some people that might get some people talking," and <laughs> but let's see what they've got to say. Is that something you intend to do, or is it just coincidence? Um, actually, we, so we, we,
1: every year we are trying to, to bring some people, uh, you know, some speakers uh, who who like have like different uh, reputation on the market. Some people love them, and some people hate them. Yeah. That's why it's very interesting, you know, to bring such people to the conference because they are like producing uh, a lot of emotions, not, not, not just only sp- like a speech, you know, only knowledge. But yeah. uh, after, after such speeches, people can, you know, f- uh, talk a lot uh, about these people also. For example, Alexander Nik, so uh, he, he was our speaker two years ago, even three years ago, but even now we are, we are, we are, we are talking about him. So, um, yeah, so, and yeah, it's, it's Stallman. So we actually with Stallman, we, we, we had communication during the last three years. Uh, so, and, and finally we, we okay. agreed that he will come to, to a Turina uh, conference and, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, for, uh, online happened. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yep. so we, we host him like online this year. Uh, but we we hope to bring uh, to bring him for example uh, uh, next year if he will 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 organize a conference offline of course so we expect that we will be offline you know next year but but again um everything can happen you know so uh, yeah yeah, and maybe the interesting idea uh, will be you know for after for example in 2020, 2020 or two thousand twenty three you know, to bring all these people from previous IT arenas like uh, Alexander Nik <laughs> to, to make, for example, like panel discussion. You know, with these people, <laughs> I think it,
0: it, it, it would be it like not problem. being liked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would be uh, interesting yeah. for sure. And um, and actually, I just wonder. Um, I remember at the in-person conference, you also liked to do a lot of kind of interesting production. With the the animated voice and things like that, what did you do online to recreate some of that?
1: Uh, you know, so it it was hard for us, you know, to to bring this digital yeah. experience. You know, this uh, uh, I don't know wow effect for for attendees because uh, Iturina is uh, is famous also by 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 these shows. You know, during the conference, yeah. its yeah. opening ceremony. You know like uh, presenting speakers yeah. and all this, uh, you know, stuff. Uh, when you have, like, a huge stage, you know, with the lights, you know, with the big screens, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's more easier to, to make, uh, you know, a good show for people. But when you are online and you do not understand, like, in, in, in what device, yeah. like, people will uh, look your show, you know, will watch your show, it's very hard to create this experience for them but we tried so we we, we created um, like a small digital show for, uh, like video with our digital host um, it uh, digital host arena and we, we tried you know to 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 build this communication between, um, uh, between the conference and attendees through 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 the devices uh it it was not like you know a big screen show it's it's it, it, it was more personal uh addressing to to each participant participant not to you know the huge um, um, audience uh i believe so we managed to do this actually we have the, this video on our youtube channel so everybody can you know uh, review it uh, so yeah. So we we, we we tried to 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 build some interesting digital stuff, but uh, again, it was mm-hmm. more
0: you know personal. Yeah, and interesting. If I look at the um, the the speakers for this year, you had a lot more from around Europe. Uh, I guess sometimes the this is to be one of the positives of online events. You can get people from. Places that maybe would have found it harder for whatever reason to come. I can see you've got Unity, Atlassian, Elastic, BMW, uh, Klana on kind of the smaller side, Branch, Facebook. These are a mixture of international and European um, success stories. Um, and I can see a couple of Ukrainian ones that I know littered in here, like Makpour, for example. Um, but um, there's, there's, I'm, not, I'm not recognizing as many um, Ukrainian company names here as before, probably because I'm just not aware. So what are some some sort of bigger success stories from the past year or two that you think people should know about from the local scene that I might have? I, I think I've missed, so other people have possibly missed too. Um, um,
1: actually... We are trying, you know, every year we are trying to bring the success stories to, to IT Arena uh, as speakers from these companies. Mm-hmm. For example, Grammarly,
0: I think that everybody heard about the Grammarly. It's, uh, oh, yeah, Grammarly. Right? Well, Grammarly and, and sort of GitLab. Yeah, yeah, two, yeah. uh, <laughs> like the companies were speakers
1: last year on our conference. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, again, yeah. we are trying, you know, so we are building IT Arena, uh, not like a local conference. So we, we built international yeah. uh, conference. So we, we want to build a product. I mean, like conference, like a product, uh, which will be interesting, not only for Ukrainian attendees, but also uh, uh, for yeah. people from other countries in Europe. And of course, from United States and Canada, and so on. So for, that's why we are like the percentage of um, Ukrainian speakers is so small because we are trying you know to build the lineup more international to be more interesting uh, mm-hmm. to 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 our attendees from all over the, the world for example last year we had more than uh, 25% of attendees from other countries not like not from Ukraine so mm-hmm. and we are trying you know to increase this number uh, up to 50% uh, this year um uh, online so we expect to get more people from other, other countries, but we, we had the same ratio, you know, for, uh, if you're talking about international attendees or Ukrainian attendees, uh, it's because, you know, um, the market of uh, conferences um, became smaller. And we, we, we have, you know, yeah. few conferences online, which moved online, you know, in Europe and, and of course in the world. Yeah. And the competition between these conference, uh, conferences started being you know uh, more Uh, so for us it was a challenge you know to win the competition for example with uh, the next web or web summit the prices you know for for the conferences uh, like in the same range and uh, yeah that's actually a very good point yeah yeah yeah. but it, when you're yeah. offline it's actually not you,
0: something I I'd really thought about yeah, yeah but when, when you're offline yeah. so it's actually a very good people point.
1: are uh, going not only visiting conference they also want to, to travel to visit new places to visit new cities yeah. and it's also for, you know for um, like our advantage like our so value uh, we can offer to our participants but this year you can, you can, you can, uh, like conferences, uh, ju- can just offer, um, content, knowledge and networking. So that's all, but, uh, very, uh, valuable products, part of the product of the conferences are offline networking, traveling and fun, mm. parties. Mm. of course. Yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Of>, uh, <laughs> That's why, you know, everybody who moved to online faced how to transform all this experience into online. But it's impossible. And the competition... uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it it was... uh, This year for online events was very complicated. So, but again, you know...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So putting aside IT Arena, I mean, what happens next year, sort of wait and see, I guess, for um the IT cluster what's what's the plans for the next 6 months to the year what have you got planned what projects do you have planned and programs what are you working on uh,
1: so we we started focusing more uh, on education so actually mm-hmm. during last 7 years education was one of the biggest our focus in our activities but this year when you know lockdown happens so everything is closed and everybody is you know uh, paying more attention inside the country so that's why we, we, we um, yeah. understand that we should pay more attention to human capital because uh, now it's right time yeah. you know mm-hmm. to, to do this so for, and we, we started a few educational projects um, uh, and so we we hope to continue to develop these projects into next level during next year. Uh, of course, we, have, we, are, uh, we are continuing our media projects and, of course, conferences. So we, trans- I, we have... Actually, we have two conferences. Like iTunes uh, like the most yeah. famous one. Everybody knows about this conference. So we moved this conference into on- online. But we have the second one, uh, yeah. which is um, uh, part of big, um, of very famous, uh, jazz festival here in, in Leib. Oh, okay. So, uh, and we okay. have, you know, uh, we still have a few, few challenges for next year, how to transform our other
0: projects into online format. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think, uh, for conference organizers, I think it's been an interesting year. People have figured things out, but, um, yeah <laughs> what do you do next <laughs> I think that's that's the that's the question um okay um, I think a good question just to end on might be um, apart from some of the the companies you mentioned that people might know are there any um l'viv local or Ukraine local uh, companies startups that you think people should know about and look into because they're doing something really interesting um, um actually I,
1: I can't you know tell you some some names and brands because uh if you're talking about startups so we are we are working through the ITU in a conference which is not like only live history so if, uh, we are more focused into the whole Ukraine, and not even Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but if you're talking about Lviv, so as a Lviv IT cluster, we are mostly working with uh, like sustainable companies, middle-sized companies, big-sized companies, and so on. Okay. So we we are not focusing, you know, on uh, working with, with with startups. So only through IT Arena we are supporting the startup scene, and also through our uh, angel Angels Club with tech angels, we called it. So we, are, but we are not, you know, just uh, closing into into Lviv city because uh, the startup, like tech startup scene in in Ukraine, is too small, you know, for dividing um, the scene into, you know, Kiev, okay. Lviv, Kharkiv, and so on. And our aim, to, you yeah, know, to support to the whole ecosystem in Ukraine and to help startups. It it really doesn't matter. Uh, for example, the startup winner um, of Startup Competition uh, 2020 is a startup from Kharkiv. Yeah. So it's not. Uh, so we are not uh, uh, only you know Lviv uh, story if you're talking about you know startups. So
0: and I think that's what I was actually. Yeah, I think that,
1: that if you if you you know if, uh, if you want to get an info who are the best startups in in, in Ukraine now. You you should definitely look into a list of uh, finalists of IT Arena startup competition. And these companies should uh, definitely, you should definitely put put your attention,
0: uh, pay attention into this company. That was my interview with Stefan from the Lviv IT cluster. And now, just a few small updates from me. So, heading over to christianchiller.com, what is new? My expose this week was with Apollo, who will um, be on my on my podcast, on the podcast you're listening to, in the next couple of weeks. And then late uh, last week was also the Solo Adventurer, computer-generated dungeons with AI Dungeon. That was a whole lot of fun and very, very surreal. So I really recommend you go and have a look at that. Uh, Board Game Jerk episode four will be releasing, I think, next week it has got approval from everybody, and going to probably schedule that to publish. Uh, likewise, with stories about people, episode three, four. Um, just putting that together. That should be out soon, too. Um, what else? I have uh, a couple of new posts over on Humanitech, on their blog, if you like, um, and a few, also actually a few other new blogs coming soon, and um What else? Uh, Oh, yeah, I started playtesting my Call of Cthulhu scenarios. If if Call of Cthulhu is your thing, reach out to me. I'd love to schedule a playtest with you. And I'm actually going to have a roll and write game, if that means anything to you, ready to playtest soon too. So if you're also interested in that, let me know. And all of that said and done. That was the Weekly Squeak for another week. Please rate, review, share wherever you see or hear the show. Sign up for my various newsletters. um, And yeah, as always, I'll see you next week. And thank you very much for joining me.